0: The late 80s. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast, Pat Trek. My continuing mission, to introduce my friend Patrick to the best show that ever ran on television. And to boldly go where millions of white guys with glasses have gone before. (laughs)
1: Hello and welcome to Patrick. This is the show where my friend, Pat O'Rourke, introduces me, Patrick Winerger, to Star Trek: The Next Generation. A show that I have never seen
0: and I have seen a ton of times. And Patrick, we missed last
1: week, so this week feels like a real reunion. A reunion, huh? That that name sounds familiar.
0: Yeah. Just like the episode
1: Oh yeah. of Star Trek: The Next
0: Generation we
1: just watched right. together. Right. One of those Klingon ones. Yeah, I love this <laughs> You know episode, I love dude. those. Oh, I know you do. Yeah. Didn't
0: have a space battle.
1: I know, I thought it would.
0: But it had plenty of combat. Yeah. It keeps you a lot, excited.
1: A lot, of, a lot of espionage.
0: Espionage intrigue. Right. Yeah. Talking about the reunion. Um, uh, fun fact. Okay. This is the very first time we see the Batleth. Oh, right. That uh, little weapon. The- yeah. That weapon thing Worf uses? Yeah. Yeah. It is all over the place. I didn't even realize that it hadn't been shown yet, because after this, it's very common, and I believe it's the most common weapon used by the Klingons.
1: Yeah. That's one of those things where, even though I hadn't seen Star Trek, I knew about that. Right. I didn't know what it was called. It's like, oh, yeah, that uh, curvy thing that Worf has. That's an
0: extension of your arm.
1: Right. Yeah. Yes. I'm surprised more people don't cut themselves with that thing. It just—it looks so dangerous.
0: I'd say this to you as we were watching, but that's exactly how my dad described his golf clubs. I was <laughs> his golf
1: clubs. <laughs> it's the same thing. A, a warrior's weapon. <laughs> well, this came out November 5th, 1990. And for Patrick's log, I, j- I found just this blurb out of Time Magazine. And November 5th, 1990, it says scalping the skinheads what violent hate mongering can be an expensive hobby well not anymore Jeez, that's the message <laughs> of a, a 12.5 million dollar verdict handed down in portland oregon last week against television repairman tom metzger his son john and their national racist organization white aryan resistance and two of the three partying skinhead punks who incited by uh, war arbitrarily bludgeoned a 27-year-old Ethiopian man to death two years ago. So this story, I remember hearing about this. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't think I understand what happened.
1: So there, Tom Metzger is a famous—he's still around. He's a neo-Nazi mm-hmm. guy. And they had a group called White Aryan Resistance. It's kind of like the Klan or something out in sure. uh, uh, the West Coast. And these skinheads in Washington State, I guess, got incited by this stuff and they beat a guy to death because he was an immigrant from ethiopia
0: oh i see so
1: morris deese he's the head of southern poverty law center and i i I remember hearing about this because i grew up not far from montgomery alabama that's where spLC is based and morris deese is this lawyer who will find the people that has like basically told people to do these things (laughs) and then hold them accountable in court and you can't really do a criminal trial because like people can say whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But you can sue the shit out of them though.
0: Right. Oh. And that's what happened. So he lost the lawsuit for inciting the He incited actions. violence,
1: yeah. Oh, and he was like
0: okay. Because I was like, shouldn't he go to jail for murder? No,
1: because <laughs> he, he didn't, didn't directly do, do it. He told someone, Got hey, it. this would be a great idea if, you know, this some this kid that I already have sway over, you know, it'd be cool if someone murdered some people and this was, he finally got his day in court, and he lost $12.7 million. Uh, and, th- and Morris Deese did the same thing to the Klan, too.
0: Yeah, because that's why they basically don't that's exist why they, as a centralized yeah, thing.
1: Yeah, they don't exist as a centralized thing anymore because of that.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So wait, did this guy have more than $12 million? How much money is there in being a skinhead?
1: I, I guess he just went into debt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Right. I hope he didn't have $12.7 million. That's what I'm saying. It's
0: like, how much money is in this enterprise?
1: Yeah. That's horrible. But yeah. So I guess we're, <laughs> we've been dealing with a lot of this stuff for a long time, is what uh, I'm well, trying that's to say what here. That blows my mind. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's how prevalent neo Nazism
0: has been. Now we're I just remember, in an era where well, it's cause, more like, well, because you remember the 90s.
1: There. In the 90s, like. That American History X came out. Like, mm-hmm. there were all these stories in the news I remember about, like, skinheads and stuff like that.
0: Up on uh, uh, Belmont and Clark, that Dunkin' Donuts used to be, like, they called it Punkin' Donuts. Really? And it's where all these Nazi punks used to hang out. Holy shit, I yeah, didn't know Nazi that. but Nazi punks was a thing. Right, that exactly. 80s, yeah, 90s. like, there was a
1: Dead Kennedy song.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. And you'll still see that at punk bars and venues, like, no Nazi punks. Yeah. like, signs they'll have up. Uh, not that that's—I don't think that's a really common thing right. now. Yeah, like well, Punk they drove isn't. them out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but it's just been around. Now it just seems more brazen and and the fact that like uh, they have a platform on Twitter and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, they seem louder.
1: But yeah, it was still going on November fifth, nineteen ninety. Crazy. Yep.
0: Well, thanks, Patrick, for the upper before I know. we get into Sorry. this amazing episode.
1: <laughs> well, you know, this is another kind of a downer of an episode. A lot of It is a downer. A lot of messed up stuff happens, but it I, I, I do want to say off the bat I did like it. I always have a soft spot for the ones that have a lot of the Klingon culture mm-hmm. and lore and stuff like that. And this certainly had a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Um, And a lot of callbacks
0: to earlier episodes. I thought that was really cool about it. And mm -hmm. maybe
1: I should save this for the end, but whatever. Spoiler alert.
0: It had a callbacks to two distinctly different episodes. Yep. Which I thought was neat.
1: Yeah, well, you know, they tied a long thread that they've had going on together. Yeah. Which is good. Like, these are, as we say a lot, this was TV in the early 90s. It was very episodic but they have long-term commitments to certain plot lines that I'm glad that they are continuing.
0: And character changes as a result.
1: Yeah. So we start off, the Enterprise is like, it's investigating something. You know, they're doing science stuff. And then they get interrupted by the plot. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that is the start of every always, Star Trek episode. It always starts oh, off. Yeah. I don't even care or remember what they were studying. We could pay a little bit more attention to that. I guess so. I just never do, really. Right. I, it was like an anomaly or something. Like, it it wasn't important. It right. didn't end up being important. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but they get interrupted by... Uh, they get hailed by a Klingon ship. And, you know, we see the the green bird-like thing yeah. show up, and Picard hails the ship, and we see a familiar face. It's Ambassador Kalar.
0: Oh, yeah!
1: Yeah, we remember her.
0: That uh, lady that Worf had relations Yeah, and Worf
1: is, he's working his station, and then he sees her, and he seems a little uncomfortable. Oh, very <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> uh... He, you know, he kind of nods. He, Remember that relationship, how they were
0: murdering things in the holodeck? Yeah, that's how they... then just, they just they, got
1: down? That's how they court each other. I know, but... That's their thing.
0: To a to a revelation that you had later, those doors don't lock.
1: Nope. Anyway,
0: Someone's gonna walk in.
1: <laughs> look,
0: they're making love over bloody skeletons. <laughs> look, you know, this is
1: the Enterprise. There's a bunch of different peoples on board. Mm-hmm. It, it, a lot of this is about... Open-minded, uh, man. Being open-minded to other <laughs> cultures and learning about them. And, you know, those doors don't lock. That's just one way to learn. <laughs> you walk in, you see someone making love over a pile of bodies that they killed. I just picture That's somebody. That's just a thing that they do on the Klingon uh, homeworld. I just picture Riker walking in there with his Oh, American... he'd be down.
0: Well, he'd have his American Gladiator-esque pads on from that game he played with his dad. You know, talk about that yeah. bright red suit. And his trombone. Like, his trombone. Like he's ready to spend the afternoon in there, and then it's like, oh, excuse me. <laughs>
1: but yeah, so Worf sees Kalar, mm-hmm. and he knows that not only does he have to deal with her, he also has to deal with the discommendation, right? Because remember, he had that whole episode where he went back to the Klingon homeworld. His father was accused of betraying the Klingon Empire to the Romulans. It turned out it was this other guy, but he was hiding it and blamed it on uh, Worf's dad. But Worf had to take the fall because otherwise the Klingon Empire would be thrown into chaos.
0: Right. There was just too much controversy around the whole thing. And the whole High Council would have been implicated.
1: Yeah. So Worf did the honorable thing and took dishonor. But he doesn't want to tell Kalar that. Yeah. So he tells Picard, hey, look, I know she said she has something urgent to tell us and has to come aboard immediately. I can't meet her because of that. And Picard's just like, what are you talking about? You have to. Sorry. You're serving on an Enterprise vessel, so you're coming with me. What are you going to do,
0: hide every time a Klingon shows up? Right.
1: So he has to
0: go. Picard doesn't know about their relationship, though, does he? I don't
1: think he does. No, I don't believe so either. And, uh, but yeah, he goes to the... Uh, to the transporter room and he's told there are two beaming aboard what yeah not one and it turns out it is klar and a young klingon boy yep named alexander yeah which we know for sure yet yeah, this is Worf's kid oh yeah this has got to be his kid
0: I mean, I guess it doesn't have to It doesn't to be. have to be,
1: but plot-wise. Yeah, why
0: would he be Why here?
1: would they, yeah. So
0: Also, this child is not a very good actor.
1: No, terrible, but I don't want to say too much because, you know, he was probably like five years old. Yeah, I don't exactly. want to pick on a kid, but he sucked at this.
0: Yeah, he was not very good. Alexander doesn't go away. He's no, a, okay. He's a character who hangs out with us through Next Generation and a bit of Deep Space Nine, and he has a great little character arc of his own. Um, I don't think it's the same actor. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, anybody who's listening. But
1: I I think they switched the actor after this one. Hmm. Well, he is – I'll try to justify in my head why this kid is so stilted because, as Kalar says, he hasn't been around children. So they drop him in this preschool.
0: Yeah, it's a long time not to be around kids. Right. Also – this timeline's super weird. How long ago did they get down? Because uh, this kid is easily a first grader. Yeah, I get second grader.
1: Yeah, he looks like five or six. Yeah, there's no way they got down six years ago. I don't know. Maybe Klingons <laughs> grow up a little faster. Or <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Yeah, but so they drop Alexander in the school so he can interact with other kids, and Worf is kind of cold to him, and Kalar is talking to him about that. It's like, look, what is your deal? Uh, I know about your discommendation. You don't have to act weird around me. And he's like, well, look, you may not respect our culture, but I do. She's like, I don't care but about I gotta that I got to say stuff. some oath or pledge or something to right. talk to you? And he's like, well, maybe. And she's like, don't you have any questions to ask me? I'm trying to, you know, get him to talk about his son. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do I have to ask the question? Right. I
0: love this scene. It's I know. So she's good. like,
1: yeah, you do, because I'm not going to let you off that easy. Mm-hmm. Like... We need to talk about this. And he just kind of storms off. Their chemistry is so great. Yeah. I I really do like them as a couple, actually. Mm -hmm. And I like Kalar a lot. Uh, Yeah. Which which is a bummer. Um, Yeah. So he storms off. And later on, we figure out, like, why Kalar is there. They're kind of talking in the conference room. Remember, she's an ambassador between the Federation and and the klingon empire mm-hmm. they're kind of like this autonomous part of this alliance so they have their own government if i'm understanding this correctly yes but they're under they're allied with the federation yes exactly okay. so there's a civil war going on
0: well there's a potential for civil war. yeah so there's, there's one, a civil war there's one brewing, brewing.
1: Yeah. yeah uh the council is kind of weak it's being split between these factions, and they're like, Well, wh- why is that? She's like, Oh, you know, honor or whatever. Like, she doesn't care. Mm-mm. And she thinks that she clearly thinks it's all dumb.
0: Tradition, honor, who cares?
1: Yeah. And there needs to be a mediator because if, you know, the Klingon Empire could have a civil war, and if it was just on its own, that wouldn't be a big deal. But Klingons have a tendency to drag surrounding empires into Civil yeah. War.
0: I love who they listed here, too. Yeah,
1: the Tholians, which oh, I had right. to look up, and right. there's some, like, Arachnid race that was in the original series and then nothing else. Right. And I wonder
0: what the Ferengi would do in a Klingon Ferengi, war. Ferengi, yeah. I thought that was really interesting, because Ferengi... They'd probably
1: side with everybody.
0: They'd be selling weapons. Right. They wouldn't want to fight. They'd yeah. want to make profit.
1: Yeah. So... Picard's got to go meet uh, Kim Peck, who is the current head of the council, who's this uh, old, dying guy. Mm -hmm. He he meets him on on his uh, cruiser. And Kim Peck is, you know, this big, aging Klingon with a bushy beard, and he's kind of lumbering around, and he says that he's been poisoned with small doses that's been dropped into his wine. Yeah,
0: radiant six.
1: Yeah, for a long time, and he knows that this has been going on. And he's still drinking the wine yeah. this entire scene.
0: Well, do you think that wine was poisoned? I oh, sure yeah. hope not. I don't,
1: I don't think he cares. <laughs> he just looks There's no pain. antidote, though. Right. He oh, looks, he looks terrible. Yeah. He looks like he has gout. Right. And Picard is just like, oh, shit. That sounds bad. But Kim Peck doesn't seem really, uh, like, stressed by this. And you were telling me it's because that, like, oh, they – when a Klingon in power gets old, someone just kills him.
0: Yeah, often. Right. I mean, it's like that episode with Riker when he went on the Klingon ship, and the whole thing was about usurping people who have higher power than you. Yeah. I mean, that's Klingon culture. Right. So he knew it was coming.
1: Right. But the difference here is that he's like poison- generally not how it's done and it's no. seen as really bad yeah it's dishonorable yeah for sure if someone had just come up and like shanked me well that's one thing but well, he would be
0: able to fight them
1: back right exactly but there's nothing so sneaky about he that. tells picard he's like you're gonna decide who my successor is basically uh and picard's like i can't do that he's like no let me tell you how it works <laughs> this again awesome scene right so we got two guys gowron and duras and We've met Duras. Duras is the guy whose dad actually did betray the mm-hmm. uh, the Empire to the Romulans and blamed it on Worf. Duras and Gowron are the two claimants to the throne. And Picard has to mediate their struggle. And Picard's like, well, it sounds like they're just going to fight each other and kill each other. What do I do? He's like, you get to decide the rules of, of their combat, pretty much. Mm-hmm and i want you to figure out who's been poisoning me because we can't have an assassin on the throne no and you you can he's basically telling them you can put your thumb on the scale to decide who wins and make sure the assassin doesn't
0: what i find really interesting and i and we need to put a pin in this yeah. but
1: does picard
0: succeed at this ask hmm we talk let's talk about it at the end of the episode the yeah teaser but does he succeed at this request? Yeah. Or did he completely fail?
1: That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, so that's his one job. He's got one job to do. Do some detective work, which he loves to do. Yeah. And then put your thumb on the scale to make the other guy win. So, yeah, that that's what he's got to do. Great setup, I think. Already. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. Dude, I know we used to say this a lot
0: early on. Perfect setup to a D&D adventure.
1: Yeah. Isn't it? It is. Ah, it's so good. I'm in. Yeah. I'm hooked. So uh they're waiting for Duras and Gowron to come up to the Enterprise and I guess uh get into this uh trial mm-hmm. to decide who's who's gonna win. Uh Worf is talking to his kid Alexander. We see Alexander in in this uh preschool thing and he's like fighting with these other kids. He growls at Yeah, them. and he's like Yeah, he's being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Well, he's stronger than everybody. He's hanging right. on Yeah, and I think Worf kind of sees this going on, and he tells him, like, hey, look, there's no honor in fighting people weaker than you. And he's like, but they made me lose the game or something. He was like, you have to win. That's the only way that there's honor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's walking through the hall and talking to him about being a warrior, and the kid's like, look, I don't even want to be a warrior. And Worf just doesn't, it blows his mind. I don't want your life. I don't want your uh. life.
0: <laughs> it it just blows his mind. It that is
1: Oh, a Klingon doesn't want to be a warrior? Yeah. You can see he's visibly angry. Yeah, that his. that's unheard of. Yeah. So he goes and talks to K'lar. Like, "Hey, what's his deal?" You know, they send Alexander off to play and you know, they kind they have this argument. Uh she she didn't want to talk to Worf about this kid. Because as she says, what were you going to do? And it's pretty clear, Worf just would have stayed on the ship. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Why? Well, like, she didn't say anything.
0: He would also, well, it was two choices, really, and both were bad. Right. They
1: could have gotten married, but Worf is, like, disinherited or whatever. Right. So so he's got to stay, at the and stable. that and and according to Klingon tradition, that passes to the son, right? Right. So he was like, "I don't want to ruin Alexander's life. I don't want to ruin your life. You have a good career. We can't get married." Right. No, exactly. So he
0: had no real option. Right. And he still doesn't, frankly.
1: No, he's still um, he's still discommodated, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So that would spread to both of them.
0: Now I do think Worf is a deadbeat dad, but we'll talk about that in future episodes.
1: Well. Yeah, uh, but right now, the way... <laughs> right now, he has to be. Later, he just is. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they're like, they're... But they talk about how this came to pass. Right. She was like, all right, I heard about this discommendation thing. I heard about that. But I also heard you challenged it and then just gave up.
0: Yeah, what's the deal?
1: And what is with that? He's Where's like, the
0: honor in that, yeah. buddy? And
1: sh- he's like, I can't tell you anything about it. And no. he just clams up. She's like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, yep. Oh no. No. Well, I mean that's her job. She's an ambassador. Like she's got to do espionage. She's an ambassador, Patrick, not a detective. Well, you
0: know. Keep your nose where it belongs.
1: Intrigue is part of her job, <laughs> and she's going to get to the bottom of this. No, I think yeah, of course she is.
0: Also, it's her baby daddy.
1: Right. Yeah, she's got to clear his name.
0: Yeah. And she, then she her can heart get married. Is in the right place. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh by this I don't t- think she does she want to get married? I think she does, at least for the kid. Yeah. To provide some kind of stability for him. Right.
0: She definitely wants Alexander to know Worf and to be in Worf. Right, that yeah. That is absolutely and true. And
1: I think that she knows that Worf is so traditional. The, the only way that's going to happen is if they take the vows.
0: Yeah, and this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but she does say she misses him. Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: by this time, Duras and Gowron are—they've uh, they, showed up. And they talk to the Enterprise, and they— they don't like what's going on. No. They don't trust Picard as the guy to be the arbiter.
0: It's pretty obscene if you think about it. Yeah. It's like if we had well, this might be a too uh, extreme but like Putin decide who our next president is.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, you'd be like <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> yeah, this is well especially because the um uh the the Klingons are really xenophobic, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't so. I don't I'm wasn't sure if that was them or the Romulans or both. Uh,
0: no. Well, the yes, but the Romulans just believe that they are way better than everybody. Okay, they're more intelligent. With the stronger.
1: Klingons, they're just really isolationist.
0: Yeah, it's it's for the Empire.
1: Well, and also because uh, they're more dogmatic. Duras knows Picard and already doesn't like him too. Right. right. All right. So Picard's like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna go on their ship. I'm gonna handle this. I don't care what they say. Worf, stay the hell out of this because right. that's only going to cause trouble. But in the ready room, Picard is uh, talking to Worf about, look, I understand why this would be a problem. Uh, Duras is here. And we both know what happened with Duras. But we can't let this clatter a judgment. But here's what happened. And he like tells him about the poison thing. And Worf is like, no Klingon would use poison. Yeah. It Duras be- would though. Right, he's a liar <laughs> yeah. already. And yeah, like it, it, there's this weird discussion because Picard is like, "I can't understand your deal with Duras because he didn't do anything at that battle. That was his dad that did that." But I know that the Klingon culture is to blame the the son for the father's sins. And grandson yeah, it g- it goes through the whole family line. Yeah, three generations. And I'm gonna try to not let that cloud my judgment while still respecting your view here. Mm-hmm. But you know, I haven't made a decision yet on who did this. And Worf admits he doesn't know Galron. He's no, like, not at all. This guy's an outsider. He's not well liked, and he does not like the council. But I still think Duras did it mm-hmm. because I know Duras. And Duras does not have the heart of a Klingon.
0: No, he's a liar. Right. We know that for sure. Yeah. We know he's dishonest.
1: Yeah. So uh they're on the Klingon vessel where Kimpek is. His his body is lying in, in this throne. And they have to do the ceremony where, like, they stab him, basically. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, that's what dead. was going
1: on, right? Pain sticks. But, yeah, they prove he's dead. Okay. And – uh Memory Alpha says, they say, face me if you dare in Klingon before ah. they stab him. That's what they were saying. And Picard has to do it, too. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's definitely dead. So they're challenging him to a fight. Right.
0: And if he doesn't respond, he must right. be dead. And d- Duraz, Klingon would respond. Right.
1: Duras is really into it, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he double punches that thing. Yeah. And then uh, after they finish the ceremony, this explosion goes off. Like... Like I think it was like at the door or something. It knocks mm-hmm. over, probably kills like two or three people.
0: I think it kills two, injures four, or something yeah. like that.
1: So already, there's been a wrench thrown in the plans.
0: Yeah, I don't know why anybody would bomb that.
1: I I don't understand how that helped.
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I to don't, what that's ends the one was that thing, Yeah, it just caused chaos.
1: Right. I mean, if your goal was to cause chaos, maybe, but. As we'll see later, like it, it only is going to implicate people. So,
0: yeah, and those two guys who are fighting for power don't want chaos.
1: Right. They want, they want order power. so they can get to their fight yeah. and have
0: their power. They're the, they're the two top, and, uh, top of the ladder. Right. If you wanted to throw chaos into the mix, it would be some rebel group who's got nothing to do with those two parties.
1: Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, so once again, we're back with Kalar and Worf talking to each other about their situation. Uh, Kalar explains War- uh, to Warf the thing about the explosion and all this stuff, and Warf is just like, "Look, you got to get out of here. You know, you're in danger, and I'm worried about you and our kid." Yeah, he's pretty much acknowledging Alexander is his son. He like he knows. Yeah, he can't publicly we have the say same this. eyes Right, they can't publicly say this though. And but Kalar, this is where she says like, "I'm not going to be complete without you. We got, we should say our vows." Whether or not that's something that she actually wants to do rather than, like, something that she knows is best for her family, like something that would make her life a lot easier, it's not really clear to me, but she does still have feelings for Worf. Yeah. But they can't do anything. Like, Worf seems tempted to take the vows, but he can't do it. He almost does. He almost does, yeah. but he can't do it because he knows that, that would his discommendation would forever spread to her and Alexander, mm-hmm. and he can't do it to them. So, yeah, they almost get married. They back out at the last second. And then Kalar says, well, if you can't be Alexander's father, at least be his friend.
0: Oh, I thought that was so sweet. Which, yeah,
1: Worf can do that. Worf is like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah,
0: it's the right thing to do.
1: Yeah. So they're investigating this bomb, and Dr. Crusher is going over the wounds of the people that were killed by it.
0: This is messed up!
1: Right, this is gross as hell. (laughs) So, yeah... She says the wounds all seem like normal except for one. And it has like this cutaway of this dude's arm. She's like, Yeah, it came from the inside, and this arm is exploding. And she's like, they he put a bomb in his arm. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: was in his it it was arm.
1: Inside his arm and it blew him up from the inside and like killed two other killed another guy. Yeah. And they said, Okay, well, who did it kill? It's like, well, uh, you know, uh, one of each. But the person who's like, was it was in his arm that was Duras's guy. Right. So we know it was him, right? Like, I don't know if we do.
0: And maybe I'm being a conspiracy theorist here. But first of all, maybe that guy was a traitor to Duras. I mean, these people stab each other in the back all the time. Yeah. So he could have been working for Bug Eyed Guy. I guess so. Whose name I can't remember right now. But the guy with the big, buggy, scary eyes could have paid him to do it or like, right. promised him favors. Right.
1: Well, we find out more about the detonator, too. Yeah. Uh, By this point, Picard is talking to Kalar about all this stuff that's going on. Like, Kalar is trying to mine info about the discommendation, and Picard's like, I can't tell you that. The other thing they talk about is that Picard is able to bend the rules in such a way where he can make these two guys either fight, which is how they do it now, Or do the old way, where they just list all of their accomplishments, which can sometimes take days. Right. Well, that would still end in a fight. It it still would, but you can drag it out this way. Exactly. They have to
0: prove that they're capable of battle through listing all of their trophies and accomplishments.
1: Yeah. So this is called the uh, Jashuk, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Picard is explaining to these guys this rule. He's like, we're gonna do the Jashuk. And they're like, no, that's stupid. That's the old way. He's like, well, I'm the Arbiter, so I get to decide it. Now, you know what? I've come to really respect ancient Klingon traditions. (laughs) So you're gonna do this. It's gonna take days. And they start to fight and, and whatever, but yeah, they, they finally agree. It's like, okay, I, we're going to have to do this. That We're going to be on the ship for a lot longer than we in, uh, initially anticipated.
0: Well, what Picard says that finally tilts it in his favor is, well, if you choose to withdraw, you can. Right. Go ahead. But you give up. You give up then. Yeah, you so forfeit. You, you either got to dance for me yeah, <laughs> or get out of here.
1: Uh, this is also in the very next scene where we see uh, Picard showing the leth to Alexander. Worf. No, Worf, sorry, Worf showing the bot left to Alexander. Yeah. And, and he
0: almost grabs it by the blade. He, he dr- almost
1: grabs it by the blade.
0: Alexander. And Worf
1: has to do all this stuff. He's like, no, it's an extension of your oh. arm. And he does like this fatherly scene where he's like, showing him how to, how to fight, which is a very Klingon thing. It was cool. Yeah. I also
0: like some of the moves Worf pulled off.
1: Yeah. He was flipping that thing around. I was, well, like, I was I'm pretty sh- impressed. I'm sure he had to block this out all day, <laughs> not cut himself.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I was impressed by Michael Pillar. Pillar however you say his name, (laughs) the actor who plays Warp, did a great job.
1: Well, uh, the next scene, also, Kalar is approached by Gowron, the bug-eyed guy. Yeah. And Gowron is pretty much promising her a seat on the council, a promotion, whatever she wants, like, you can have. And Only if I'm in power, though. I
0: love, again, I've said this a few times, love this scene, though, because the interaction between them is so great. Right. She
1: goes. She accuses him of being a Ferengi.
0: Yeah, she does. But she goes, uh, well, what do you want? And he leans in, what do you want? Right. Oh, so badass.
1: Yeah. Ah!" He's clearly making a transaction here. Yes. And that is not a very Klingon thing. Oh, no. But he's doing whatever he can to get power. Oh, yeah. And uh, he kind of threatens her, like, saying Compec was old and weak, you know. And she says, well, I'm not. Like,
0: Yeah, but he says that she could suffer the
1: same Oh, she suffer the same as Compec. And then she says "Compec was old and weak, and yeah. I am not. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, she gets threatened, which is yeah. not a great way to reduce suspicion on you, Gowron, <laughs> to uh, threaten the you know, the helper of the Arbiter of this oh, that's crazy. This struggle. Mm. So he bugs out his eyes and slinks away. <laughs> uh, and while they're doing this, Geordi and Data have been studying the bomb, and they found that the trigger, the thing that set it off, was a molecular decay detonator, yeah. something that is only used by the Romulans. What? Yeah, the sworn enemy of... Well, pretty much everybody, but mostly the Klingons. Right. So that means whoever set this uh, bomb in that dude's arm working with the Romulans.
0: Well, and that's the big fear, is whoever did this, if they were to to gain power, they would switch their allegiance, switch, switch the Klingon allegiance to the Romulans versus the Federation, which would be a huge tilt in power throughout the entire universe.
1: Yeah. And they had this argument about, like, well, who could it have been? And Worf is just insisting to Kalar, it was Duras, I know it was. And then she was like, well, Garon threatened me. You don't think it could have been him? And Picard is like, I'm leaving my options open. And she's like, why? Yeah. I don't understand. He's like, we know Duras. We had a previous interaction. Yeah, and they're like, what happened? Can't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Classified. Yeah. (laughs) So... Kalar is kind of... Uh, she's going to start snooping on her own. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tries to look up information on their last mission to Konos with the Klingon homeworld and figure out just what happened. Mm-hmm. She's got security clearance. She can figure it out if she needs to. So they're going to start the uh, the Jashuk. Gauron shows up, bows to Picard. They're going to petition the Arbiters. This is like a court kind of thing. Right. But the interesting thing here is that Picard is going to bring in Worf to reveal what they know about the detonator.
0: Oh, my gosh. Plot twist. Yeah. And he
1: brings in Worf because he knows that's going to rattle these people. Yeah, make them angry. Maybe they'll
0: say something they regret.
1: Yeah. they. Uh, so Worf comes in, and both of them are like, I want to leave. Not going to do it. Duras is more insistent, though. He says, I'm not going to sit across from that thing. Yeah,
0: they keep calling him a
1: thing. Yeah, and Picard's like, well, you will. He's my security advisor, and he's the only one that can do this job. So you can forfeit, or you can listen to him. And Duras almost forfeits. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, okay, fine. I want the, the council, so all right. Worf is reading everything that they know about about the bomb so far. And then he says, and we found this Romulan device in it. And Duras is like jumping up and he's like, We don't know that. We didn't uh you you don't have any proof. We looked over it too. We didn't find any Romulan stuff. Garron is just flabbergasted. Like you can already tell between the reactions, I think. Mm-hmm. Who did what. Uh yeah, um, I think so. And but I think they're both
0: now guilty, right? I think Duras uh Planted the bomb and bug eyed guy uh poisoned. Yeah. The yeah. Head Chancellor.
1: Yeah. Well, they're both gonna do they say we're both gonna do our own independent investigation.
0: Right. I, I'm just saying neither party in this. Oh no, is I think I think both
1: point. of these people are slimy backstabbers. And, right. They exactly. probably both did. Exactly. Yeah. So Kilar is uh, on her investigation and she's getting into more she like hacks the the mainframe or whatever yeah, I know. Of, of the Klingon.
0: I'm going to reroute the IP number. <laughs> yeah. <and
1: stuff>. Like, <laughs> she just goes around the security barriers. And she she finds, all she can find are blocks on the Ketomer massacre. Mm-hmm. That thing that Worf's dad was blamed for. But she also finds who closed it. She So she looks over Duras's records. That was the guy that shut all of the records. But that gives Duras some kind of alert. Mm-hmm. that someone's looking through his stuff. Yeah, a friend
0: calls him, basically. Yeah,
1: and they're like, hey, you got to do something about this. But they're under security, like, uh, of course, Starfleet security mm-hmm. in their room. So they're easily able to get out. He's like, hey, he just buddy. just walks out. Walk out, and then I'll walk out. That's their plan, and yeah. it works. Yeah. This guard is like, hey, one guy, you can't do that. And then oh, D'Ross hey, just other guy. Out. Yeah, he, he's not stopped at all. So Duras is out and about. He now knows that Kalar is looking through his records and mm-hmm. he's going to go do something about it. Uh, yeah, he goes into Kalar's quarters. They argue. Kalar is like, Look, you know, I found something pretty interesting on the internet. I found that. I Googled your name. I Googled your name. And it turns <laughs> out that that thing you blamed Worf's dad for. Well, there's no record of his dad doing that, but your dad was present at the Ketomir Massacre, and all of his files are closed, and you were the one that closed them. Isn't that interesting? Huh! Wouldn't people like to know that? That
0: sounds crazy.
1: Yeah. But that's... Yeah, we'll we'll get to the next scene where that is a real bad idea to accuse this guy of that. Right? Yeah, so now Worf is now talking to Alexander... He's being a dad, showing him some Klingon shit. <laughs> and they're like, all right, well, let's go back to your mom's quarters. But they only find it covered in blood. Oh, and Kalar so, is dying so on this chair. And Worf kind of knows what's going on already. Uh, here's what I don't get. Again,
0: love this episode. How come she could not notify uh, the medical team well, at Worf, all?
1: I know. Worf but, does.
0: Yeah, he does really easily. He goes quick. Send in the team. They have not. They, they have old
1: people on this ship,
0: right? I wonder why she didn't have a security. They don't, they don't have that thing, that button thing, where it's like, "Help me! I've help, fallen help down. I've fallen.
1: I can't get up." Yeah. Life alert.
0: Life alert. Yeah. They they've gone backwards. Here's from m- life alert. Here's my future. question.
1: Uh, Duras had a guard outside of his door. Yeah. How come Kalar didn't have a guard?
0: Yeah, like a bouncer.
1: Right. Someone just to make sure no one's going to kill the ambassador. Yeah. Normally, there's pretty heavy security, and in there amb- was a
0: bomb during the negotiations. <laughs> and she
1: got threatened.
0: Yes, <laughs> and she even told the captain of she the ship. Told she told the got captain threatened.
1: someone directly threatened me, and that guy could just walk
0: in, stab her to death, and right? She and then walk out and her? leave her bleeding on the floor, and there's no possible way for her to notify anybody, right? And the whole process security
1: is terrible here.
0: Yeah. Well, so is the medical staff.
1: <laughs> hey, now Or at least
0: the technology.
1: Do- Dr. Crusher could have saved her had someone notified her. I, that's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> How
1: do you not notify her? Well I she, mean, stuff has happened all the time. What are those slips in well, the bathtub? that's Because she passed out because someone stabbed her a whole bunch because they apparently could just walk in and unlock <laughs> doors.
0: I'm just saying. People must die on accident all the time simply because they couldn't call the, the doctor. In an era where they know exactly where you are on the ship, there's nothing that says, oh my God, this room is full of blood?
1: Right. <laughs> like, oh, her, her life alerts. signs are fading? There's yeah. nothing
0: that helps the doctor well, determine. Well, especially that?
1: if they're a VIP that's like definitely going to be in serious danger. Like-
0: yes! In a high stress negotiation.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. It's real dumb.
0: Come on, science!
1: <laughs> I think this is more... Come on, Babble, Solve this! This is probably more of a human error. <laughs> like, just put a guard outside her door. Oh, I agree.
0: I think there's a lot of mistakes that were made. Uh, there's a fundamental and systemic problem, though, that if you can get hurt, you could slip in the bathtub. Yep. And you could die drowning in your bathtub. In this utopian future. Yep. You can go to a holodeck that can make your dreams come true, but you can still uh, dr- accidentally stab yourself with a knife, bleed to death, and die.
1: Yeah. A lot of stuff can go wrong in a ship, too. That's what
0: I'm saying. The, all the tables are made of glass. I know. You could trip and hit your head.
1: What if the gravity goes out?
0: <laughs> it never does. Oh,
1: okay. Well, yeah, I probably don't have the budget for that. Ugh. But yeah, uh, And they should have had a guard. <laughs> they should have had a guard, I think, that and locked the door. Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know what's up with the door lock thing either, because later Worf runs to Duras' room and just walks right in looking for him.
1: Yeah. I, he didn't have a lock? I guess not. I don't know. Well, so Worf, the first thing he asks is if it was Gowron, because you know, he was the guy that threatened her, and she says no, Duras. And then she grabs Alexander's hand and puts it over Worf's and dies. And Warf does yeah. The second they touch hands, yeah. And Warf does the death howl thing, and then as they're about to leave, he asks Alexander, "Have you ever seen death?" And he says, "No." And he says, "Well, look at it." And I never want you to forget this.
0: Hell yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, he's like he's trying to raise his son for vengeance, basically. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Crusher comes in. They can't bring her back to life; like she's gone.
0: No, they were too late. Too
1: late. But now Worf is on a mission. So he, oh, yeah. He, he takes off his combat. He takes off his Starfleet stuff. Oh, yeah. And he picks up the Batleth. Yep. And he's like, all right. He's like, I'm my own man now. Yeah. I'm a maverick.
0: I'm a renegade.
1: Yeah. And uh, as Riker and Picard are dealing with this death of the ambassador on their ship, which normally would be like a crisis, uh... They are distracted, obviously. And then they get notification that Worf has beamed aboard this uh, Klingon vessel. Obviously to kill somebody. Like, I mean, look what just happened. Yes. So Worf goes in. He gets right into the council room. And Duras is like, what is that doing here? And the aide is like, I had to bring him. He claims vengeance. Got to do it. Mm -hmm. Apparently, even if you're discommendated, if you have vengeance, uh, then you get to challenge someone to a duel and on what grounds is this vengeance right and he says kalar was my mate duras did not know this no no he did not probably not would have not killed her had he known (laughs) because he's like oh hell all right Uh, i guess i gotta get a sword oh shit uh riker and data they figured out what's going on and they're like okay uh we gotta we gotta stun wharf Set to maximum stun. we got to take him down because he's going to cause some international incident. Uh, if
0: one isn't already caused right. by your bad technology and your I know. weak security. It is too late for that, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> You've already screwed up big time, Picard.
1: Yeah. So they get onto the Klingon vessel. And as this is happening, Worf is just going to town on Duras. and I think Duras already knows he's gonna get killed oh yeah because he tries to plead with them or bargain and he's just like, look, if you kill me, I'm the only one that knows the truth. I'm the only one that can clear your name. And he's like, well, don't care. <laughs> he just keeps going at him. oh yeah, uh, oh God. And he's clearly brutal. Yeah, he's the better fighter. Uh, like he's knocks gonna, him to the ground, gonna kill this dude. And just as he knocks him to the ground, Data and Riker come in, and he just drives the botleth into his chest and kills Duras. Mm-hmm. That's it. He did it. He done did it.
0: <laughs> that bug-eyed guy now runs the empire. I guess that
1: that's the only choice they got. So Worf just decided that whole thing for Picard. <laughs> uh, th- it's all concluded. And Worf is having a little dressing down in Picard's ready room. Picard doesn't want to be too hard on him, I don't think, because of what just happened to him. You know, Kalar just got murdered.
0: Yeah, Worf should be visiting Deanna Troy right after this. Right.
1: And Picard's like, look, I try to work within the bounds of other people's cultures, and I understand your culture as best as I can, and I understand... If you weren't part of Starfleet, what you did is not a big problem. You killed the guy that murdered your wife. And honestly, I can't fault you for that, personally. But here's the deal. You're part of Starfleet. We have 13 different nations in Starfleet, and all of them have agreed to subsume, like, like, to make Starfleet the most important. Right. And if that conflicts with your cultural needs then you have to resign. And there's no shame in that. It's just, we, we have a mission here. And the mission is the important thing. So if you can't do the mission, do you, do you want to resign? And Worf is like, nope. Sorry. Sorry I did that, but I had to. I don't regret it. Yeah, no, no, there's <laughs> like, no sign of regret. Right. Nor should there be. For no, him. I don't think so. And uh, Picard is like, well, I can't say that I blame you. Like 'cause Picard knows Duras too, mm-hmm. and I think Picard knows had Duras won, uh things would have gotten real bad, like they probably would have entered into an alliance with the Romulans, and things would be terrible for the federation because it was pretty clear I think Duras was he was the guy that he was the romulan agent, yes, or the person compromised by the Romulans, yes, but I don't think
0: he's the one I don't who think he was a poisoner exactly. Yeah.
1: Uh, kind of crazy. So, Picard, I, th- yeah, he's he's like, I have to reprimand you. It's going to be on your permanent record. That's all I'm going to do.
0: You have a black but, mark on your permanent yeah, record. But,
1: you know, it, as I was telling you when I was watching this, it's like, what are they going to say? Like, Worf is going to explain what happened, and they'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see why you would shove a piece of metal in that guy's neck <laughs> uh, after he oh, murdered so your wife in front of your child. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. That's <laughs> <laughs> So true. And he was going to start an intergalactic war uh, for no reason, just because he was an asshole.
0: Yeah, you did Picard a favor.
1: Yeah, he saved his ass, basically. Right. So Worf is going to leave, and Picard asks him, he was like, should we tell people what happened now that Duras is gone? Like, that reminds me, that kind of frees you up, right? Because the council is not really in the same hands as it was before two of them are dead and wharf is like you know one day i'm gonna clear my name and my brother's name and everything will be fine but you know they're in a little bit of chaos right now time's not right right well because it would yeah
0: the whole council is in on this lie
1: yeah so they're gonna wait but he's like one day it's gonna happen so now Worf is talking to Alexander, and Alexander is in that weird little globe chair. <laughs> the one that uh, used to be in Data's room. Well, no, this used to be in Worf's, right? Oh, was it? I thought it was in Data's room. Well, I've seen Worf in that when his parents were visiting.
0: Oh, yeah, he was sulking in it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was in Data's room later.
1: Oh, okay. Well. That
0: chair, I mean, it's standard Federation issue. Okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> an everybody's The weird, weird
1: globe room. chair. Oh, uh, yeah. And Worf is talking to Alexander. He's like, look, you're going to go live with uh, Sergei and Helena. Uh, they're my human parents, and I understand this is kind of weird for you, but you know, I was raised by humans. And uh, but I'm Klingon, and you're Klingon, and they're good people. And you know, you can't be on the ship; it's too dangerous. And, uh, I- and I'm other sorry. Other kids are there. I know. It's it's a he. He,
0: he, just, he just doesn't, doesn't want ra- this he, kid. He doesn't want <laughs> Alexander in his life. Yeah. At every turn, he's trying to figure out a way that he can't be there. For
1: right. Him. So Alexander's like, well, I, you know, I miss mom or something. And he's like, yeah, I, I miss her too. And then he asks very flatly, are you my father? And he says, yes, I am. Yes, it was just not. This scene
0: would have been great. And that's it. In the right
1: hands. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but the way it was done was not. That kid seemed like he was just staring at the wall the whole time too.
1: Yeah. It was like it was somebody's kid. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? it's yeah. like,
1: can you put him in Star Trek? <laughs> He loves it. Come
0: on. Well, Patrick, this is where we like to rate what we just saw. If we thought it was amazing, must watch Star Trek. We set to kill. If we thought it was pretty good, comes up in the queue. You give it a watch. We set to stun. And if we thought it was horrible, avoid it at all costs. We leave it in the holster. So, Patrick, what'd you think? Uh, set to
1: kill, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I. I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for War of Episodes, and I'm also a sucker for all the ones that have the Klingon, like, culture and lore and stuff like that. Um, and plus, like you said at the beginning, this is a good, like, D&D hook. Oh, yeah. Because, like, they set it up like a, you know, you have this trial thing, and then you have, like, this noir mystery where, uh, where Kalar is trying to discover who... Uh, who carried out the Kitamir massacre or whatever. And it didn't like, there were a lot of these subplots, but but they all complemented each other. Mm -hmm. You know, they all kind of led to the same place. So you actually cared about it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it wasn't perfect. Like, you know, the little kid wasn't great at acting, but he's a little kid. I can excuse that. Uh, And it brought together two previous episodes that I liked and wanted to know where they led. And I was excited to find out more about it. So yeah, set to kill. That's awesome. I too give this set to kill.
0: Boop, you. Pew, 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 pew. Pew. Uh I can go into the reasons why. You guys know why. Uh Patrick pretty much summed them up. Also, I've been talking about it all episode each of those scenes that I really, really loved. But I want to ask you this. Okay. Did Picard succeed or
1: fail? I think Worf saved his ass. Yeah. I don't think Picard was ready to really pull the trigger on Duras. Mm. Like he is so he was or at least in this episode he was so hesitant to really meddle with the thing. He was he, he was really, really within the, he was really within the bounds and like what was the biggest thing that he did? Uh bought himself time. That's it. To do what? Not figure anything out. Yeah. And he was like, oh, well, I'm going to bring Worf in, and that will really throw a wrench in things. Like, no, they just yelled at each other. Right. Worf fucking killed the dude. (laughs) He solved the problem. Well,
0: sort of, but what the original request was was to figure out who poisoned me and
1: get him take power, but now that guy took power. What they found was a much bigger problem than, oh, he (laughs) killed him the wrong way. It's like, no, one of these people is going to ally with the Romulans. (laughs) And then go to war with the Federation. So,
0: Picard (gasps) failed at his mission, but ultimately the right thing happened? Ultimately the right thing happened because Worf just, you know, put a steel pole in that guy's (laughs) chest. (laughs) I I think you're right. I just think it's really interesting because this is one of the few times we see Picard totally biff.
1: Right. Well, it's like when I play uh, D&D with, like, you and friends and stuff, like... That's why I always play the character that just, like, runs into shit. Yeah, makes stuff happen. Right, because, I don't know, sometimes it can be fun to dick around and, like, argue or whatever about whatever the best choice is, but, man, sometimes you just got to walk right into that gelatinous cube, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And that is exactly what Worf did. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, they're going to be in a sticky situation for a while, but... They're not going to have Duras around. Yeah, and that guy was a real piece of work. He was
0: causing a lot of problems.
1: Yeah, and he could have gotten millions of people killed. Yeah. So, well, I took care of him, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, Patrick, is there anything you want to talk about before we get out of here?
1: Uh, I just want to say thank you all for bearing with us uh, for past couple of weeks, just because you know we had a lot of family stuff and work stuff come up, and you know, sorry that we couldn't get that episode out, but. Please listen to TVDOA as our friend and frequent guest, Lindsay's Podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was a guest on that about the Star Trek animated series. So by the time this comes out, that should be out. Oh, very and, cool. Uh, we're going to link to that and on Twitter and the Patreon, too. So
0: I was supposed to be there, and then
1: I had to go to San Francisco. You had to go to work. San Francisco Sudden for a whole week. Trip. Did you even get to see Starfleet headquarters no! over there?
0: Oh, bummer. I looked it up on the map. Oh. And then realized I didn't have enough
1: time to get there. Oh, that sucks.
0: No, I tell all I did... I mean, work trips are so weird. Uh, You go to this city that's a beautiful city, and you know it's beautiful, but you land. I had enough time to watch the end of the World Series. Mm -hmm. I, uh, then...
1: uh, Congratulations Er to the Astros. Yeah, way to go, Astros. Who who, who we took it from in 2005.
0: Yeah, that's right! (laughs) Yeah. Uh... Uh, go to bed, wake up, go to a meeting, get on an airplane, come back. Like you really don't get to experience anything fun about what that city has. Right. When you're, when it's a work trip. Well. But it was last minute. I had to cancel. I had to cancel both a Pat track recording and DOA. So I'll take, I'll take responsibility. Yeah, for that's loneliness.
1: all right. I, I had family in town. You had so. family in town. So yeah. you limited the days. Right. Though. Sorry. Well, hey guys, we got to yeah, live. We're, you know? we're back. We're back at it. We're back. Go to, only missed a week. Right. Patrick uh, on Patreon. Oh yeah! If you don't know, that's where all of them live now. Uh, and we've got we've got some RPG stuff coming up oh, in the yeah. future, right? Yeah, we're going to do the first recording pretty soon here. It's not going to come out
0: for a couple months, right? Uh, but yeah, uh, Patrick Adventures. Look out for it; it's on its
1: way. Let's see what's out there. Peaches, hot sauce, peaches. Sauce peaches how sauce peaches how sauce peaches how sauce peaches how sounds your peaches